back once again for the Renegade Master. My name is Dennis, this is the Blue Corner, and we are officially in February. I have to say 2022 is seriously uh, running fast. Um, today's guest is probably uh, one with... I'm just trying to think of past guests, but I believe that he definitely is up there when it comes to experience with pro fights. Um, he he has a record of 19 and 12, which quick math is 21, 31 fights, um, you know, which is, is definitely a feat in itself. Um, he trains uh, with one of our past guests, uh, Josh Coolabow, at Igor MMA um, and has currently or has recently signed a exclusive deal with Eternal, which is funny because last week's guest uh, also signed a um, exclusive deal. But I'm talking about Alan Philpot. Um, how have you been and how has the start of 2022 been treating you? Yeah, thanks for having me, Dennis. Um, to be fair, no, it's it's not been overly bad. Um, can't really complain. No, I've Everything seems to be opening up a lot more, and you no know, life seems to be getting a bit more normal. Um, you no, know, we're back in the gym, training, uh, ticking away. To be fair, not much has really changed, but just been sort of getting the head down and trying to get ready for competitions this year. And you no, know, that's just where we're at right now. It's just like you no, know, getting prepped and getting ready for what's coming. And when you say you're you're now back in the gym, was there a time during this 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 weird period that you actually had to stop? Because I mean, obviously Josh has been pretty busy as well, and and I know that you guys. I mean, I, I you know when I see you guys, I always think of like Batman and Robin and and and, and things like that. I mean, you guys share a pretty good um pretty good relationship by by the looks of it, anyway. But like, was there a time that you guys had to I guess cease the operation? Um, well, we, we were able to take over together the whole time, thankfully enough. No, uh, a lot of the training was in the parks, but we were still managed to meet up you know, regularly and still take away you know, our strength and conditioning we were able to do in the parks. So it was more the grappling side, to be fair, that we did we had the ease off. Um, but we were you no, know, we were doing what we can when we could. You no, know, then they would have just stopped completely. It would have been. No, it would have been not, not in a good place to be. So just sort of had to take over where we could and you know, make make best of what we had. And so when you say, um, uh, you know, make the best of what you could, uh, obviously a lot of that is to, I guess, keep your fitness levels up and, and things like that. But um, would, you, would you say that it's been a struggle to, I guess, get fight ready or remain fight ready, if that makes sense? Yeah. Um, no, definitely no, like it's it's hard to get the base you no know, because like i say we were missing the the live grappling the live mma we were able to do bits and bobs and but it wasn't the same you no know, the one of the good things was the striking our striking level just you no know, it kept rising and we were able to keep fit and strong um but unless you're doing like you no know, you're mixing it together and, and ticking off all the boxes you're never going to be like even at that baseline you no know, i feel we were just they are genuinely fitter than most people because of the training we were doing, but we still weren't like fight ready or fight fit for sure. Crazy, crazy. And I have to ask just because obviously we are in, in, in that period of, of time, um, you know, has, did your camp at all get hit with uh, 
you know, we'll, I always say, let's call it the Peroni virus just because we don't want to get yeah. flagged on YouTube. But yeah. um, like, ha- have you guys, um, you know, been able to stay pretty uh, safe with it or, or, you know, did, as I say, did your camp kind of get hit at all? Yeah, the gym did take a little bit of impact, of course. Um, you know, especially you know, a lot of gyms opened up before us. Um, you know, we, we were just sticking by the rules and doing what we were told. And, you know, the coach wasn't willing to risk the business. And so, like, we did hit a little bit of a dip, as you could say, in the membership and that. And it was, you no know, getting hard, of course. You no, know, like, majority of businesses was the same. Um, but you no, know, since we've opened up again, you no, know, it's great to see the amount of members that have came back and even uh, new members. And saying that, like a lot of it seems to be a lot more younger, the younger generation, which is exciting because they're they're all like, they all want to compete and you know, they want to do it properly. And um, you know, like that's you no know, one step back, two steps forwards. I feel is where we're going. But you no, know, like it definitely took a little bit of an impact, but. Um, somehow we managed to scrape through and now we're back on the up and i have to ask um just because i always like hearing you know young blood coming through um and obviously as i said to you before this is is like you know this this is a platform to to find out what we have in this country right because i i find that we have a lot of people so i have to ask with with some of these newer people coming through um you know is there anyone that you're already saying potentially we need to keep an eye on or is it still too too early to tell Nah, we've got a couple of really young guys and uh, no, they, it's exciting to see them through. Especially, especially little guy, Perry uh, uh, Perry Smith, yeah, called Perry James. His Instagram name is Perry James, but Perry Smith, no, he's he just lives and dies for this sport. We actually have to tell him to you know, live his life a little bit and you know, stop making everything all about fighting because he's obsessed. And the skill he has for the edge he has, you no, know, it's, it's, it's great, it's so good to see. And like whatever we tell him, he'll do, and he'll listen well. He's so no, he's just a great kid in general. He doesn't party, doesn't even eat bad. I'm telling him like go eat ice cream, go eat chocolate. Sometimes they like, no, he's up a little bit, but um, the skill he has and the mindset he's got at that age, no, it's, it's ten times the person I was at that age. I was turning pro at that age after seventeen amateur fights, um, with not an idea as much as what he's got now. And he's has no. He's only at novice level coming through, getting ready for amateur fights. There's also another young guy. He's 15. Yakov. Uh, he's a special talent again. No, like his his dad uh, Igor. I can't pronounce his second name. Sorry, Propovich Pro- or something. He was actually in the Olympics for Australia. He's one of the, he's our wrestling coach, and they actually went to the ADCC trials and won them twice. And um, the level of wrestling he's at 15 years old is phenomenal like he's legit making us wrestle hard and it's only because we're a bit stronger and bigger that we can actually deal with him but skill wise like he's on a different level and um, now he's you know he's sort of been in and out because like it's nearly too easy for him and it sort of gets that in the wrestling side so it sort of like knocks the drive away but now he's adapting in the mma he's coming into my striking classes no, he's starting to do jiu-jitsu and do jiu-jitsu tournaments. Um, on Sunday we competed and no, he's 15. He, uh, nobody was in his age group. He got moved into the adult division and got gold. No, smoked them all. Choked, choked one unconscious as well. Um, so them two, little Perry and Yakov, no, they they can take this as far as they want to go. 
it's up to them genuinely they've got the team they've got the the skills so now it's just honestly it's just up to them and it's how much they really want it and not saying that we've got a lot more we've got a lot more and don't want to like try and favoritism or anything like that that's not the case at all but these two are the two that's standing out most for me at the minute and no, it's it's exciting to see the rest of them sort of aren't as aren't there as long, so they're not as experienced in even competition. And Perry's had a few kickboxing fights and jiu-jitsu tournaments and MMA novice tournaments. Yakov's the, <coughs> excuse me, Yakov's the same. No, the rest of them are just starting to come through. So I've got no doubt that in maybe two three years time we're going to have an army of young killers, like legit army. Well, and as I said, sometimes it is just too too early to tell, you know, and, and, and that's why with that question as well, I, I did kind of mention that, but like, you know, sometimes people walk through the door and they just have, as people would call it, the it factor, yeah. right? Like, like you just see, you, you're like, okay, this person's still fresh, but there's something different about them, yeah, they're, right? They're, them too, especially, and no, like, no, I see Perry, like a little brother as well, no, he's, he came to Sydney, he's Australian, but he lived in Japan for a little bit. With his parents or his mum and brother and sister and when they came back to Australia he moved to Sydney on his own 16 years old working at McDonald's paying his own room for rent just so he could be in the MMA fighter and joined Igor now, he was there before me and when I came to the gym I remember Josh telling me like no I had a guy uh, Dylan Thompson who I coached in the UK and he came and followed me over here as well and uh, I remember Josh telling me that's your Dylan I was like, oh, that's nice. That's pretty cool. No, I like, I like to hear that. I like to see the kids driving. And then whenever I came in the gym and I seen him as work ethic and his skill set for what for how like the age of him, it was like it was cool. I was like, like, yeah, he's got this. And I mean, just because as I said, you've you've got a lot of experience, and you say you know the, these young guys, all they want to do is become an MMA fighter. What do you think the attraction really is? Because like. Obviously, the, 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 there's one major, and I mean, you'd probably be a good person to answer this as well because you've been in the game for quite some time, um, is like, you know, there's always that debate about fighter pay, right? And, and you know, so, and this is at the highest level. We're talking UFC level already that, you know, the fighter pay is, isn't that great. And then I have to come down to regional circuits and I've worked yeah. on many of them as well. And look, and I'm not having a hit on MMA because I, I say the same thing with boxing, right? Like your, your main boxers, yes, they'll be in the multi-millions, but then the undercard and stuff, they're, they're paying, you know, fighting for scraps. So when you've got these young kids and they're like, I want to be an MMA fighter, what do you think the attraction is? Because when you look at it as a, as a career path, right, it's a hard way to make a living, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. So what do you what do you think the but like even to yourself now yeah. I mean you've been in it long what drives you to to continue to to pursue this this path well f I'll touch on myself before I go on to the generation um for me it was no I joined this sport I just went accidentally no I went to the gym one time and my mate he said let's go to the MMA gym I was uh, boxing at the time amateur boxing and I was never a great boxer I wanted to be because my granddad was a professional boxer. And I wanted to be you know, a professional boxer, be a world champion. I watched it, I lived it, I trained you know, very, very hard from a young age. I was in the gym all the time. Um, but it just wasn't clicking the same. And my teammates around me were winning titles and stuff. And you know, I was just like, I don't know what, what drove me to it. My mate just said, do you want to go to the, an MMA gym? And I was like, yeah, let's go. So we went, tried it out and... No, I loved it. Went for like four weeks in a row. It was only on once a week for beginners. And then I left because I had loads of the like boxing tournaments and fights coming up. 
then I had a fallout with one of the boxing coaches one time and I went and went back to MMA and I was 16 and ever since then it was, you no know, that's that's what I've been doing and you know, when I started fighting and competing, I, was like, I just loved the, the drive, you know, I loved, like, I do love the attention as well, you know, everyone in the time, in my town and from a small town, you know, they were getting behind me, they were supporting me, I was walking out in front of crowds and, you know, and, and then I'm looking at the UFC, it was never like, the money didn't drive me back then, you know what I mean? I was like, I just loved, I just wanted to be the main man. I wanted to be, no, to be known for being, you know, at the time I was the apprentice, it was Alan the Apprentice Philport. Uh, and then as I got older, and then went into the pro ranks and started fighting for a little bit of money and realising there is money to be made. Um, and then, no, I was just like, that sort of overtook everything. Whenever I was fighting the guy Tom Dukenwa for... The Bama World Title. Bama was one of the top shows in Europe. Uh, Tom Dukema was number one in Europe. He was beating everyone. Um, after I, I was told that the date I got it, I was like, I still had a stitches in my side. I had an operation, and um, I was told if I don't take this fight, that somebody else will, and he's probably going to get signed by the UFC after that. And I've been asking for this fight. Why loads of people's been turning it down? I was asking for this because I was the British champion, and he was the world champion at the our weight bantamweight. And I remember, like, the paycheck I got for that fight, bro, was, like, ridiculous. You know? It was so bad. And then I was just like, no, what is this? Like, Because I, I was doing it full-time then, and I was expecting a bit of a pay. And I heard, um, it was half Bama, half Bellator, and I heard what some of the Bellator fighters were getting, like, even less experience. Now, I'm main event, fighting for the world title, live on TV, sold hundreds of tickets. Don't get me wrong, I got a ticket deal, but, you know, and then I'm getting, I'm leaving that fight basically owing every penny out and probably more and there's fighters just because they're fighting on the, the Bellator name where like maybe they're like three and three or whatever no it's, it's it just was like what like what is that how how is this this way so and then it just sort of got to me and to be honest bro I drove it drove me away I think I took the love for it I took no I just was like I can't do it this way anymore and then I got offered a bigger fight on the, the Australia scene on ACB, ACB at the time were the third biggest show in the world and they looked after us so well bro, paid group money and you know, it sort of like, even though I got beat, but I was, then I was in Australia and it was just, it was good, the experience, it was better, I felt more respected and valuable as a fighter, you know, like I'm losing, making more than what I would have won, even if I'd have won that world title fight, this was way more and then it sort of gave me a little bit of life back um, and then again just up and down through the years, but the money, once I stopped thinking about the money, um, I started enjoying the sport again for what it was, and, st and I started realising, deal like, if, I, if I'm if i in this sport for fighting, and to get better, to get the titles, to get to the top, you know, like, the money will come with it, like, that's, that the money will come with it, and it's up to me when I do get to that platform where it's a chance to make money, I need to sell myself, and yes, it's it's maybe shouldn't be the way it is, but the fact is that is the way it is, I think these, the younger generation, they don't realise that, they don't, I don't even think it's the money, I think it's more the fame and the the highlights, like, you no, know, like, they see what these fighters are going, and they think maybe, us oh, once you get a few wins, get the UFC, you're going to be a big star, and that's not the case, you know, you have to work hard behind the scenes, like, podcasts, uh, pictures, videos, meeting greats, you know, and like that's a lot that takes a lot of energy. Um no, I'm I'm what, forty nine fights deep between amateur and pro. Um I beat some some of the best in Europe. 
know, I've been very close to beating someone, got caught, whatever. You know, but I've helped many UFC fighters, and while I'm in training, I'm not, I'm not any like that far behind. You know what I mean, and I'm still here, you know, working all day, doing PTs, teaching classes, and um, trying to get fights where I can. And I get. I mean, I'll, I'll just stop you there. I mean, look, I, I guess it is always a case that you should never do it for the money, right? Like, because yeah. if you're doing it for, for the money, you're probably in it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I guess the hard thing is, though, is that you, especially, as I say, on the local scene is, I would say 10 out of 10. I won't even say 9 out of 10. Most fighters are still having to have a full-time job to support them fighting, yeah, right? Sure. And then when you uh, think about, like, all the wear and tear and... And as you say, and then all the obligations as well, you know, if you're trying to make a name for yourself, it's it's like, you know, you, you do your full-time job and then you, you got to train, you got to do all these obligations, there's injuries, there's, there's you know, whatever else that comes with it. And then you kind of think, I'm, I'm not saying that you should be attracted to it for the money, but like it, it gets to a point where you're like, well, if this can't even sustain... My fighting career, like it, it, like once again, what's the attraction? You, you know, like yeah. from from an outlook. And look, don't get me wrong. Like I love the sport, right? But I'm I'm also sitting here in the chair. I'm pretty safe yeah. right now. Like the 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 chances of injury and stuff yeah. uh, are, are a lot lower. And and I guess that's why. And and when you say yes, the fame, but you know, I I also find that with the fame, a lot of people mix then fame and fortune in in the one. Yeah, exactly, I get the yeah. fame. I get the fortune, right? Because they see Conor McGregor in his Lamborghini boat, yeah. right? They see him doing the Millie strut. And it's just like, yes, a lot of people go, that's what I want to do. But, you know, he's one of many. Yeah, that's it. Right? Too. Ronda Rousey was one of many. Like, it, it, it's like even at the highest level, you know, you, you, you're taking that 1%. And then, well, what, bro, it's, it's changed that much too. Like, it's not even about the best fighter anymore. You know what I mean? Like the amount of great fighters I've seen turn away and walk away from the sport, and to be honest, it's probably one of the main reasons why I haven't is because I've seen so many, and I find it hard. Like, how did you walk away? You're so close, and then no, now that I'm getting in the same position later on in life, where it's like, oh, I'm a good fighter. I come, I entertain every time. No, I, I build up a good fight. No, yeah, sometimes I get caught or whatever. Something, sometimes I'm the one catching. Um, I'm not. No, I'm never not a clean sweet fighter, but I'll take any challenge that's given to me. Anyone you offer me, no, I'll take it. You know, and like that's the way it should be. Like then they were fighters, we're training to fight and be the best that we can. And no, I feel the sports watered down that much. Like now this is what the kids don't see in or either. Like they they're so focused on keeping this the zero and you no know, doing all these big hard weight cuts and big. 12 week camps when they're young when that's not the way it should be like no you do the sport because you want to do it and, and you want to you know be have a career in life maybe as an athlete that's that's what you want to do and yes there is ways you take it but it's also they can pick in the fights and even like for coaches and managers and stuff that they sort of hold them back from certain opportunities no it's, it's not being true to yourself either like the sport was built on the best fighting the best and, that, and that's, that's my view, you know, you should be fighting the best, you know, go challenge yourself. And like I say, if you can't win locally and be the best locally, how do you expect to be one of the best in the world? And that's always been my view on it. And that's why I've took any challenges came. Maybe sometimes I wasn't prepared properly or, you no, know, I, I maybe should have said no, but 
the same time, like for me, it was like a challenge. I wanted to challenge, and well, sometimes it paid off, and sometimes it didn't. Is that also why you you had a? I mean, considering uh, as I say w- uh, with the MMA scene, is that why you had a pretty extended um, amateur kind of record? Because I see like a lot of these guys, they go like you know six fights into their amateurs yeah. and they turn pro, right? Uh, uh, and, and that's what I say, like with the boxing, they do like a hundred yeah. fights before they turn pro because they, they try to get, as you say, that experience um, while they're amateurs. So then obviously once they turn pro, hopefully they can keep their record in check. Um, is, is that one of your reasonings for, for having 17 fights as, as an amateur or was the opportunity to turn pro just not there? Nah, well, it could have been, and I asked for it a lot sooner than I should have too, but my coach wouldn't let me, because his thing was 15 to 20 amateurs as a, a defight amateur, and then, so whenever I was amateur, it was different, you had D class, which was no headshots, uh, on the feet or the ground, six ounce gloves and shin guards, and then it was C class, which was uh, the six, uh, still the six ounce, and some showed me you were shin guards, some didn't, but you were... Loud punches and kicks to the head. Some shows let knees, some didn't. But there was no ground and pound on the on the floor. And then there was Pro B, which was three four minute rounds. It was the four ounce gloves, knees to the head, ground and pound, but no elbows. And then there was the Pro A, which was full rolls, which is the UFC rolls now or whatever you want to call it, which was elbows, ground and pound, knees, heel hooks, whatever, everything. And I was amateur, I was fighting, no, I'd, sometimes I was fighting every weekend. You know, two years I was training and I had 17 amateur fights. And then they started changing the rules where they bring in ground and pound, the, the amateur. And my coach was like, you know, well, it's basically the same as Pro B. Do you know what I mean? We're still, there's no elbows, but you, know, you might as well get paid a little bit extra for it just to help you out. No, again, it's not about the money. It was never about the money. But it was more about, you know, these promoters are starting to add these roles, which are basically amateurs fighting for pro. You know I mean? I had already served my time as an amateur, basically. But I wasn't full ready for just the full pro. So my coach, he then let me do, made me do three pro B fights, which was no elbows. And it was three four-minute rounds. And then I smashed them three. Like I won all three. I stopped all three opponents. And then that's when I got offered a pro A fight for a title one time. And they took it, and then that's how it started. And I have to ask you, where you say like you, you you never really turned down a challenge. So if a fight gets offered to you, do you you know you kind of want to prove yourself? Um, are you the type though? Do you see weight classes there for a reason? Like, would you ever fight out of your weight class? Like, have you taken fights out of your weight class, or are you like, look, I'll take whatever fight is given to me, as long as it's within my weight class? That's that's where I'm now. Like that's you no know, my team and I feel like you no know, I only it was only me and my coach for many years, um you no know, and like his methods was when his day it was even different than ours. He fought between light heavy and middleweight, so I was fighting between bantam and featherweight, and and then you no know, it was working like I say it's working or it wasn't working, but um then then I went to the one warrior series, and it was the it was for a contract for one championship, Rich Franklin's one warrior series basically like the contender show and it was where you have to weigh in hydrate it so i was making the weight no problem but sometimes it wasn't hydrated properly and it was i was sort of think it was hard to juggle about to be honest Um. so then on the last one i got oh like it was like no because i was spending most of my day hydrating dehydrating just to try and make the weight and hit the hydration levels at the same time so we stepped up the, the weight class above and i felt great no 
got in good shape, felt strong, didn't cut any weight, just got there. And then when I got in the ring and the guy across from me, he was like double my size, like, and I was like, wow, okay. And that's when I, that was the first time where I remember he took me down and on top and I felt like, okay, like this, like I'll be in trouble here if I don't play safe. And I didn't play safe. I ended up rushing to try and get my feet because on the feet, no size, yeah, it matters, but it's not as much as the ground. Like when you've got somebody strong and heavy and bigger and they know what they're doing on the ground and on top, no, when elbows are involved and there's knees in the head on the ground and though it's, it's a different kettle of fish and that was the first time I sort of clicked with me I was like right I need to I need to stop all this I need to just take the right fight I'm not saying take like anybody anytime or and like or no when you're an amateur I believe you should have as many but when you get the pro ranks no if you are looking to do a career yes there is the right fights to take not hand pick your fights no but take the right fights um and that's where I'm at right now no I feel like I've all them forty nine fights right up until now. Like it's been the burn, it's been the building of me. No, I've made many mistakes. No, I made more mistakes uh, in my pro than I did amateur. So maybe I went a little bit too early, but no, it's it's definitely thirteen years ago I started, and no, it's evolved a lot since then as well. Um, so yeah, now now it's just about taking the right fights and no, not not accepting just anybody that comes my way because. I probably would say yes to be honest. That's where I need my management and my coaches. I need them to step in and say, "No, you're not." And well, that's the thing, right? Fighters are going to fight, yeah, <laughs> and, right. and 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 sometimes it's it's. I mean, I'm I'm a big believer of weight classes. Um, I'm not a big believer of weight cuts. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see them be gone somehow, but like it's the the argument there is always like, how do you enforce that? Yeah. Right, like someone's always going to cut weight if they can gain. Yeah, like if, even on if the they one. can gain an advantage on it, they'll do it. Right, um, so it's a tough one. I hate it though, I because I, I do feel that when people are fully hydrated and stuff, you do see better performances. Well, there is that that too, but there is the way you do it too. You no, know? like there's so much science out there now, and there's a lot of experts like you no know, Jory the fight dietitian. You no, know, he he is a game changer. He has his athletes eating a lot. And no, why losing weight? And they're cutting weight safe. No, and it, if, as long as it's done professionally and safely, well, it's not a problem with it. Because no, when you're cutting weight, it's like you're nearly detoxing yourself too. You are getting rid of a lot of bad toxins. No, you're getting yourself in very good shape. No, you're you're putting just healthy stuff in your body. Um, so there is there is a lot of positives I feel from it. Um, but yeah, the the people that's still living in the dinosaur ages and they're still like not eating and drinking for two days and then cutting seven kilos in saunas and stuff. They know that that's should like that's dangerous. Well I think it's also exactly that, right? It's the amount as yeah. well. Like cause you know, if you're if you're shaving off one and a half kilos, two kilos or whatever, like anyone can do that, right? Mm. But like sometimes I've you know, uh, I mean, the game's changed a little since they uh, took away the IVs. But back yeah. in the day, man, like you had some of these guys dropping like thirty pounds, which is close to fifteen kilos. Yeah, right? that's what I used to do. Yeah, I used to come down from like seventy, fourteen kilos, like seventy three to sixty one. Honestly, you know, so the last twenty four hours, I was cutting like seven kilos through water and the saunas and baths and. Oh, it's dreadful, it's horrible. We've blacked out a few times. No, I remember in Japan I took a, a short notice fight and I had like eight, eight kilos cutting 12 days, but I had no, I wasn't even training or preparation. I was in a little bit of a 
sorry, a downward spinal outside the gym, and you know, I got offered to fight, and I was just like, first first Irish person to fight in Japan, you know, this will get me back on track, uh, I'll do it, eight kilo, oh, I'll cut like four kilo before I go, and it just was so inexperienced, even though I'd done it many times, I was still messing it around, and you know, I got there, and eight kilo was not nice, they got like, you know, they, I wasn't fully prepped, and you know, the jet lag and everything got to me, um, and then, I've had a couple of other ones after that, a couple of big ones where I've even missed weight before, like half a pound and stuff. And it's just, it's not healthy, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to any of them fights and I'm not healthy. Like, I'm touching myself like this before the, the, the fights and I'm feeling hollow and sore. I'm like, fuck, if he hits me a body kick here, maybe that could be it. Or, no, and I've got, it's also gassed. It makes you gas loads. It, it ruins all, all them hard, them no prep months of preparation for a fight, getting yourself in peak performance, and then you're going and cutting all that weight, and it it madly has an effect. And then it took me a long time after you know, to realize that, and that's one of the reasons why you know, I've decided to to move up the filler. I did play with the idea of bantam again, um, but then speaking to Jordy and my, uh, my strength coach, they like on the local scene. They reckon you no know, stick to filler. You know, it's a nice cut still get to perform it means i get to do the full camp of training and getting better rather than doing a camp of just losing and cutting weight plus also it's it, it's it's a case as you said the gas tank is one thing but it's just also like as you say having that that stress on your mind right oh, yeah. like when if you're going in there going i hope i don't get kicked here or there like i just think it messes up i mean look yeah. i'll give you a classic example i went out this morning right <laughs> so stupid and i did the whole i, I had my sunnies i left them somewhere I came back here and all I could think about was the sunnies, right? Yeah. To the point where I'm like, it's going to affect today's podcast, yeah. right? Because I'm now so fumed and my mind's now been taken away yeah. to this this random thought. And obviously, that's just like something so small, right? Um, obviously, <laughs> I went searching, searching and I got them. So we're yeah, good, nice, right? Nice. We're, we're totally good. But like I'm saying like those thoughts will take you off your game, right? Yeah, like they sure. just... And, and, and I knew that, and I said, it, I said it to the missus. I said, like, if I don't find these glasses, it's literally going to mess up today. Like, I, I was like, so now, and as I said, I'm not getting hurt here. Yeah. So I can only imagine you going into a fight and going, oh, if I now kick here because I've lost so much weight or this or that. Yeah. Like, I kind of feel like you're, you're mentally beating yourself yeah, no before way. you even jump into the cage, right? Yeah, you are. There's, there's doubts there, and, you know, you don't want to be going in full of doubts. Yes, you're you're obviously aware that these things can happen anyway. But no, if you're focusing, like you say, on certain things, it takes away your own game as well. No, or it stops you. Like, for example, for the weekend, I'd done the jiu-jitsu tournament um, no, in a very hard category. I went in the advanced group. No, I wanted to challenge myself against these top grapplers to see what the level difference was. And I was so focused on defense and no, canceling out that it totally took my offense game away. You know what I mean? And I came away. I know it was on the grappling tournament and it didn't like I wasn't doing it for a career, I was doing it for a challenge. No, but I came very disappointed and like, you no, know, because I knew I had more. I knew I could have given more to them grapples. And I just you no, know, I, I didn't I hesitate in a way. And like that's the same as fights. I've had that in fights where I've had big weight cuts where I've been feeling even not not feeling great on the fight day where I've been getting that fight like think they'll be taking my time or no not doing certain things in case of gas and because I've gassed in the past I'm like, right, I can't do that or I'm gonna gas again and you know, maybe if I'd done it that time like done it in nine fights I would have won, do you know what I mean? And 
it's again it's coming down to weight cuts and you no know, lack of concentration and focus on purely the fight and i have to say uh, like obviously you, you're doing these grappling tournaments you're about to do another one as well uh subversion is that is that the first sub uh version that you yeah this will be the first sub yeah. this is a grappling fight so it's just me first normal person um i've done one of them in ireland before on an mma show i don't know i was living in england and came home for the weekend and they needed it someday in so i jumped in before uh, Subversion's the first the proper show and um, I'm grappling against a good brown belt, Chris Casillas, I think. Sorry, I can't pronounce his name. But he, um, we've actually grappled before him. Uh, the la last grappling industry is like three years ago. We had a, a mad roll. It was, it was sick. It was a good match. He caught me an inside heel hook then. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, because I feel I've improved a lot and I know he's definitely going to improve a lot being promoted to his brown belt. No, and, and being a strong grappler from no, he's from a great gym, Gracie Humata, which is Robert Wedger's gym. No, it's just a very strong wrestling and grappling based gym. So no, I'm excited for the challenge and again see see where I'm at with the higher level grapplers. Nice, nice, and I and I love their their kind of tour. Um, it's not a tournament format, as you say. It's yeah, it's, it's just a fight it's format. A fight, but yeah. I I actually like their story as well because they kind of like really came about during this whole COVID period, right? Yeah. Like just before, when, just before the first first COVID came about um right and uh, when you look at where they started and and now when you're looking at like some of these highlight videos and stuff like i'm like yeah. mate they they've they've done that well so that yeah. that's a good one to go on now with with you keeping busy with these these tournaments is is it a matter of you just keeping busy while you're kind of hanging out waiting for a fight um or <laughs> or is it as as we discussed um before the podcast you know like when you look back on your record you know like I said fifty percent, but we worked out it's probably more about seventy percent of your losses, yeah. um, uh, all, all due to some form of choke. Um, yeah. So, yeah, as I say, is it is it more that you're trying to really like, um, I guess, shrink uh, your your grappling holes, or is it a matter of, as I say, trying to keep busy while 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 you're waiting for a fight? It's both, to be honest, mate. Um, no, like I say, and I'm sitting here waiting for a fight as well, and I can't get. A fight, so it's like, you know, what can I do? You know, I had a kickboxing fight before Christmas, um, for a very experienced fighter, Jonathan Tuhu. No, I'm sure majority of people in the sport have seen the spin knockout he's done before, and no, I, I got that fight and I, I beat him, and it was just a good confidence booster. And the only things up at the minute is um, grappling tournaments. So, no, it's a good time. Like you say, most of my losses are from rear naked choke alone, and it's been never get took down. Like. Instead of taking my time and staying disciplined and focused, I just sort of black out and try and get to my feet because I never let anyone punch me out. And instead of just staying focused and calm in them situations, I just go kill or be killed and just go boom. Sometimes I get out and some sometimes I don't. And like I say, seven times that's happened in MMA fights. And then I go to the gym and I roll and I'll be calm and and it's not getting choked. And it's just like, well, how is like again? Like I can do all the stuff right and then I'm going in a fight. It's like take that little mind for whatever you call it and just then black out and do silly things so what these jits comps are about like i say this is a bit canceling out as much but sort of staying calm in bad situations you no know, and trying to trying to stay a bit more disciplined and work out instead of gassing and exploding and giving up a position and that's the main thing of them but you know, it's also making me realize that i'm not doing enough grappling or submission grappling a lot of my grappling, I mean, it's all cage work and MMA based. 
So no, there's a lot. Like, there's many reasons, but again, it's just you no know, staying busy, try and fix my holes, and you know, just try and keep some competition going because without competition, I seem to slack off, and you no, know, my patience is wearing thin with not being able to fight. I've been out for over two years due to the whole stuff in the world, but also had a knee surgery. And that time when I had knee surgery, it was one of the most awakening I've ever been in my life. And that's when I really fell in love with the sport again for the sport. No, and though I realized like no, I'm, I'm getting paid to coach and I'm doing personal training and stuff. I can get by doing that. Like so, the fighting's what I want to do. That's that's what I want to do now. And no, obviously, certain circumstances has held me back from that. Like no, I say I've helped many fighters get ready for the fights, and no, some have obviously been cancelled, but some have been gotten to go through. And even the amateur team, no, before the second lockdown. Every weekend I was away with them for doing competitions and stuff, and I'm, I'm constantly helping them. And it's now it's like, well, when when's it my turn again? You know, like I've given everything to this sport. I've never took the easy way. I've took the hard fights. You no, know, I've never tried to do it any other way but right. And here I am, still struggling to get a fight on the local scene. You no, know, it's just like, you no, know, is it going to end? Am I going to get this opportunity, or what's happening? So. Right now I'm just like whatever I can take I can take just to try and you know, keep that focus and keep that competition live in me because then the day that's my the main reason I do all this is to compete try better myself and you know, try and be someone to the, be an athlete I don't want to just be a number for the sake of it and I have to ask and and look it's not your fault right so but having a two year hiatus are you a believer in ring rust um. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 100%, like, definitely, but, like, a kickboxing fight before Christmas, um, going into that fight, like, it was the first, I don't know, I just felt like everything had clicked, I just felt like, this is right, like, even on fight day, I woke up, I usually have a bit of anxiety and nerve through the day, and I go up and down, and all day, I was so chilled and calm, when I got to the fight, I started getting a little bit of feel, but everything felt good. No, when I was getting them nerves, I was like, yes, like, I missed, like, I needed this, I wanted this. And, no, I was fighting a very dangerous opponent. No, he was explosive. He could knock me out at any time. No, he did clip me in the second as well. Um, So, but even in the fight, like, no, even when he did catch me or anything, I was just like, this is sweet. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in the zone here. I'm enjoying it. And then in the grappling tournament on Sunday, it was the opposite. I was so nervous. Like, I was more nervous for the grappling tournament than I was for any of my fights. It was weird. Um, I do think it's maybe down to not not doing enough preparation too. And But, like, I was like, it's grappling. Like, no, fighting's a lot more dangerous. Excuse me. So, like, I'm not... So now it's got me, like, fuck, when MMA comes, like, what's it going to be? Am I going to be, like, the kickboxing or am I going to be, like, the grappling? But, no, I do think, obviously, down to preparation for the kickboxing, I was fully pre- uh, prepped. Like I say, even throughout the whole thing, I've been managing to stay on top of my kickboxing. And then when I got offered to fight, I'd done a full proper camp, you know, stayed disciplined. I didn't take it just as three, three minutes kickboxing. It was like, all right, this is a fight. I'm taking this serious. I was training hard, dieting hard, you know, doing whatever I had to do. And I think that was a big key factor. You no, know, I did go into that fight. And it's also the first fight in N2 where I just... Listen to my coaches. I just let whatever they say go. No, in the past I've been listening to them, but also making mistakes on my own or decisions on my own, which have been mistakes. So, oh, yeah, 
it's interesting to see. I, that's another reason too. After my last loss, I thought that I wasn't ready for the sport and I was ready to walk away and just do coaching. So now I'm like really, I really want to know, like, do I still have it in me and I, am I ready to go? You no, know, do this, take it to the next level, or am I always have I reached the level I'm going to get to and I'm going to be a good fight, but you know, I'm just never going to pursue where I, I know I want to be. So. That's that's the main thing is just trying to get to where I want to be. And with uh, going back to your losses as well, are you the type of fighter that kind of tries to put those aside, or do you revisit them? And and I guess what I mean by that is uh, going back to the chokes, for instance. Um, do you look at that and and realize where where you either went wrong or yeah. what they did right? Do you, do you yeah. break that down and 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 like do you I guess stay up? I mean, do you lose sleep over it? Like, do you break down and go, hang on, is it something that they did really, really well? Or is it something that, I guess, I I, I, I hand-fed them with, if that makes sense? Yeah, no, definitely. I, I don't really look at what they do. Um, it is all for what I do. And to be honest, that last loss, no, it was for the one contract and whatever. But no, after that fight, it, it, it affected me hard, bro. Like, I was like, I haven't slept right since. And... No, like, I used to be a great sleeper, no matter what, I'd have slept, and now, like, you know, for two years, I barely even slept. Like, I literally, I wake up constantly, um, over Christmas there, before Christmas, after my fight, and just over Christmas period, I started getting sleeping again, and it's because of, we had March, we had names, we had a date, we had a location, and everything was all in place, and I was sleeping fine, no, I was like, I've been working really hard on the positions that I've been struggling in with case defense, my escapes from the bottom, no my reversion, getting back up to my feet smartly, taking people down, no, all the little things that I've been missing over the years. And um, a lot of it was because no, I was for a couple of years when I first came to Australia, I was at a gym where I was the main coach. No, and I had a bunch of amateurs. So I was giving a lot of time and effort into them. And for me to get my training I had to go elsewhere all over Australia. But no, I was never really, it wasn't like classes, it was all live work. Do you know what I mean? Everything was like live sparring, live rolling, live wrestling. So I wasn't really learning as much. And then when I went to Igor, um, just before, just after the first lockdown, that's when things changed. You no, know, it all came together. Well, on that, I'll read out one of the first questions that got sent through. Um, and that is, why did you pick Eagle MMA as your main, uh, main gym? Well... First, like the whenever after the first lockdown, the gym I was at was supposed to close, and then me being on a visa and stuff, I was like, no, I needed to find work straight away. No, I couldn't. Like, I didn't have the bean saved in my name. No, like you know, we don't fighters don't really make much anyway. But I get by, which is I'm grateful for. Um, but also I was training with Josh, uh, Colabal. No, he was coming over doing a striking with me. I trained with him for a few years. At, different gyms always wrestling we all and we had a good bond and then i was like no whenever i sparred or trained josh he was always my hardest round no it was ever whoever showed up on the day was whoever won basically and that's why it is still no it's like and i was just thinking no like he's so good um his case defense is good he's so calm no the way he is as a fighter it was like no if i'm gonna do this right I need, I need that. I need a coach. I need somebody telling me what to do. I need to fix these holes and just you know and do it right. And then that's whenever I met up with Igor, little Igor. He's the main coach. 
um, we had a, a coffee and a chat, and I explained like, no, like I was going to just throw away the fighting and just focus on coaching and done a full three sixty. Like, you know, I feel like I've so much more to give to this sport. You know, I just need to, I need to do it right one last time. I need to like just tick all the boxes and just go for it. I need a coach, and you no, know, I trained with Josh obviously, and and he was happy to take me on then. And then you know, I started coaching in the gym as well. From there, and then you know, I feel like no, well, that's that's I'll never, I don't have a reason to leave. Do you know I mean there's, yes, you've all these gyms all over the world, but like what I get from Igor and uh, and Igor MMA, you know that's that's what I've been missing and I've been needing. I've got the full, I feel I've got the full package now between Igor, my strength coach, my main coach, you no, know, striking coach Johnny Barabena, um, no, my training partners. It's good. Like I'm in a really good place and. No, it's just to be finding out if I still got it and trying to get a fight. Perfect. And I have to ask you, like with Josh, what is he just a training partner to you? Because, or, or what kind of relationship yeah. do you guys have? Because, like, as I say, like um, when when you look at his stories, your stories, like there's a lot of banter going on and like, and, and, and so forth. Um, as I say, to me, it's like the kind of Batman and Robin scenario. Um, but yeah, what, what kind of, I guess, relationship, um, do you share with Josh? Well, like the, to be fair, like we joke about it too, but, um, we call it Josh, we're the yin and yang. Um, and then even coach Igor was having a chat the other day and like he was sat down and chatted and he was saying like, no, everybody always has a yin and yang. And he's like, I think you and Josh are definitely the yin and yang. Well, like he's like the good guy and I'm the bad guy. No, like for the coaches, um, he's a nice, quiet, calm, no coach where I'm the opposite. I'm like, no regimental. No, you do what I say and do it that way type thing. But nah, it's all good. It's all love. Um, like you say, for you know, Josh is like a brother now. To be fair, like you know, we're very close. We've helped each other inside and outside the case uh, for the last couple of years. No, and like I say, I've helped. He respects me and and um, for the knowledge and experience I have at my age, and for me that's massive. And because he respects me and. And takes on what I say, you know, it makes me want to help and give him as much advice as I can. Because again, you know, I've done a lot of things wrong. Even though I'm still very young, I've got a lot of fights and I've done a lot of it wrong. Where, like, if these guys can learn from me, you know, they don't have to make the same mistakes. And Josh knows that. And, like, if I'm, to, I'm saying to him, like, you know, I had a little bit of strength and conditioning. He knows it's because I didn't for years. And then once I added it in, it worked. And it's the same though, like there's stuff he tells me and I tell him and we're just like I say, we are just yin and yang though. We've just got each other's back um, no matter what and when he's getting ready for fights, I'm his main guy and you know, I help give him, it takes a little pressure, bit of pressure off the coach as well. And you know, it's, just, it's good, it's good to have him around, it's good to have that, you know, especially now he's the one in the UFC and it's like, well, I'm the one helping him get there, like I definitely can do this too. And I just need giving this opportunity and if I can't, well, at least I know I can help other people do it. And how important is that banter? Yeah, it's very important, especially whenever Josh is in camp. Um, I've no, I really take it on me to be the one to lighten him up because no, I'm funny, man. Like, I'm a funny guy. I always have people in stitches and no, have them joking about and laughing. And no, it's, even though I can be very serious at times, like majority of the time I'm the joker. And when I'm in school, that was my issue too. But I love attention, so that's why. Like I love. I remember when I was younger. Um, anytime my cousins or anything would have laughed, my mum used to always tell them to stop laughing at me because it encourages me. 
Um, but no, so it's basically never people's encampment stuff. I think it's very important to have that lightens the mood. Um, no, it gives no it picks people up as well. You know, one time I came in and in the strength session and he was feeling feeling like you could just see he was feeling down and flat, and automatically I just started messing about him with him and joking. And next thing he was up again, he was on top of him. And that's that's what I need too. Like you know, whenever it's my turn, like you know, he's as, he's more excited than anyone I know for me to be in camp. And that's good too because I know now like whenever I need classes covered and he can take it or if I need a, an extra pad session or something, he's going to be there the way I was for him. You know, and like, it's good that he's he wants to do that as well. You know, like and every session when we're even when we're being half serious, like even if we're going to spar, it's like we're telling each other we're going to batter each other and stuff or like if I take him down, I'll be like, oh, I got you there, or call me Al Babe and stuff, because like, oh, at the start they used to smash me in the wrestling and groundwork, and now that I'm able to take them down and control them and that, like, no, the joke is that I'm Al Babe now, like after Khabib. Nice, nice. Well, another question that got sent through is, why is Josh so much better at fighting than you? Yeah, he probably sent that himself. That was going to be my question. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I mean. I mean, you guys obviously you know share that and that and that and that's the funny thing about it right yeah. like he he did send it that was actually yeah. going to be my question once 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 you answered that i was going to say do you know who sent that yeah, in 100 bro every time because he's the only one that would believe it <laughs> nah, to be fair do you know what this like it's very interesting now like before he would have been a far better grappler um and no i was the better striker more like we're now it's like his striking's on a very good high level where I'm struggling on the feet and I'm able to wrestle and grapple with him now. No, we're literally neck on neck. So it's whoever turns up. Um, no, but like no, I take good pride in like if it's like the day I got my rear naked choke and no, I make sure he he knows that I choked him and for the rest of his life until he taps me out again that he'll know that I was the last person to get the choke. Nice. Now, did you travel over with him when 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 he did the Vegas thing, and then you guys had to come back and do the whole quarantine? Were you on that trip or no? Ah, so I've unfortunately I haven't been able to do his corner any time because of restrictions, um, which sucks. We tried to get an exemption, but because I was on a student visa, um, I wasn't. If I if I left, I wasn't allowed to return back to Australia, um, which was a bit of a kick in the stones. But no. Is what it is. And I was there every session, right up, and like literally every session between. There wasn't a session that we weren't together for them camps. Um, even whenever I was out with my knee injury, I was in doing like I was still able to hold pads, or I was still watching over him in the cage, and no, but nah, I wasn't able to go. And no, this time we thought maybe I would be able to go this time, but same situation, I'm not able to go to his next one unless. Things change, but I don't think they're going to change anytime soon. So what happens in, in, in that say Like, say, like, you get the call up. Yeah. Right? Um, like, where, where where's kind of, like, the, the line there? Oh, like, if you if you got the call up yourself, like, not for him. Yeah. For yourself, um, would it be the same case that if you left, you wouldn't be able to come back? Or, uh, like... Unless you get an exemption, yeah. Um, I'm not sure, no, even Djokovic or whatever you call him, the tennis player... No, like look at his case and scenario. No, they can do that. The number world, number one in the world. No, it's very unlikely that I'm gonna get get the exemption, which sucks. And then it's down to the case of do I wait and hold out, or do I leave and then have to restart again? Either go back home, which is not something I really want to do, 
or try and locate in America or something. But again, no, I feel like I'm at home now. I feel like I've built a good life over the last four years. I've got, I feel like I've got a good solid team around me. Between, no, it's not, it's not fair that I would have to leave just because somebody else said so. No, like, so I don't know. This, I, I, to be honest, I try not to think about it because, like, again, I'm coming off. I lost in the last MMA and it's been away for a couple of years. I know I need to build back up and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do, like, I'm trying to stay in line. I'm not trying to jump the gun in front of these guys that have been actively competing. Like, some of these guys deserve it over me anyway. And that's, like, I've all respect in the world, but no. Then it comes down to, like, all right, well, I want to get in that place, so fight me. And then no one's fighting. They're, They're turning me down, even though I've been out for two years. No, I'm not, like, a world beater. Like, it's not, like... I'm any higher, yes, I went to the One Warrior series, but they know any of them could have went too. But they didn't. I went and I done the trial, I got selected. No, but then the last two years I haven't been able to do much. And then now it's like, alright, well it's not I wouldn't say start from scratch. I wouldn't I can't say I'm starting from scratch, but I feel like I'm getting a second chance. And and I'm trying to do I'm trying to do it right. I'm not trying to take any easy road. I'm not trying to you know, do anything other than just try and, and do it a little bit right. And then it's coming down to these guys aren't fighting. No, you got people with a belt like Jack Jinks. No, he's like people calling him out to fight. Rod Costa's trying to get the fight. He won't take the fight with him, but he'll go and fight some other guy who's not that great down local just to get an easy win. Do you know what I mean? Then you got guys like Can Oafley. He's a great fighter. No, he wants to fight. I've been given his name a few times, and then now I'm not hearing anything. Like, oh yeah, just fight. Like, let's, let's go. If you're not going, if they're not going to fight and line up, well then give me the title fight. I'll get the belt because then when I get the belt, and then they can't say no. But I'm trying to give these guys respect. I'm trying to stay in line and be right. You want, you just go ahead. I'll come. I'll catch up. But if you're not, if you're not going to do it, and you get all these people turning down certain fights and that, well, and then get to the back with you and take your time. I'm wanting to do it right. Like literally, any featherweight in Australia or any, if they can get anyone over, like just send me the contract. That's, again, it's like no. I feel like on the local scene, I'm ready for anyone. I'm not trying to get on these big promotions just now. I'm trying to. No, build myself back up, fight these locals, no, take these right fights, get the title, no, and then from there, okay, well, we'll see what the options are. Well, as I said on last week's show, I know it's not uh, when you say big promotions, we're talking one, we're talking Bellator, yeah, we're talking yeah, UFC. It's the biggest in Oceania, no, But it's, it, it's the biggest one in our region. Yeah. So, I mean, it is a pretty big promotion. Now, I, I have to ask you, with your deal as well, what, what have they got you on? Like, is it a three-fight deal as well? Yeah, is yeah, that, is yeah they've signed, a, they signed an exclusive. I think it's like... I can't even remember to be honest, bro. It's not. It's not. It's not. A, it's a good contract, you know, and they're fair. Like eternal affair. You no, know? like if I did get coming off, they wouldn't try and keep me. Like they want to get their fighters out there. You no, know, like, I want to fight. They want me to fight. Now it's just getting the fight. That's no, the I, hard thing right now. I said last week. I I really like what Eternal are doing. Yeah, the only the amazing. only gripe I have, and I and I'm going to repeat myself. The only gripe I have with them is that they don't come to Sydney. Yeah, and right? that's, that's another. They do Melbourne. Too. They do Queensland. They do Perth, and it's like, please bring a show. And it's only because I like what they're doing. I'm yeah. like, bring them to Sydney. Yeah. Um. But our guest last week was like, it's got something to do with the Sports Commission of New yeah, South Wales, so right? Hard. It they're has so, to be. They're so hard, bro. Like, um. Even as a coach, and that, like, I've never seen any. This Sydney combat sports are the worst people to deal with. It's they, they, they call like they want to use their authority. They want to do as much as they can to say no and stop people fighting and shows happening. Like you're ruining opportunities and careers and like people obviously come from different backgrounds and maybe this is their path to a better life. 
maybe because they're past, they're getting turned away from fights and that, and like, oh fuck, like, no, they are rude. That is the people. Don't worry, it's everybody else on fold except for fighters. No, the, at the end of the day, the fighters can only fight who's in front of them. It's whoever the promoters are going to put them against, or no, the shows from getting it happen or not. Like then the day, no, you just we're here to fight. We're here to entertain. Let's just get it going, though. Like, Sydney's one of the best places in the world, supposedly. We'll support it, build it. I mean, you've already just had two world champions, Robert Whittaker and Alex Volkanovski. And I'll tell you what the craziest thing is. When you look at Australia, Perth was the last state to mm. legalise cage fighting. I know, right? Right? Yet now the premier organisation is pretty much based out of Perth, yeah. right? Like, so it's... And yet here's Sydney where the first UFC came to Sydney, yeah. right? The same thing. They came to Sydney. They did the, the four-way flyweight tournament mm. with Demetrius Johnson, Joe Benavirus, yeah. uh, Ian McCall... Who I don't who was the fourth one? I don't, I don't remember. But like they came here, they haven't been back since. Yeah, it's been Melbourne and Queensland. Again, Melbourne and Queensland. I think it's the combat sport. Well, I haven't obviously. I don't know, but I've just heard they get through as cause of the combat sports. You know what I mean, it's but, crazy. But there is, the thing is, there is ways of doing it, and they can do it. I don't know the ins and outs, so I don't know how difficult it is. But I'm pretty confident. Like when I turn up in the platform, they are, and the amount of local fighters they have, like I'm sure they can make it work. But again. I'm not the one behind the scenes sorting out Eternal. I just want to fight locally in front of everybody, to be honest. Well, look, and as I said, it's good because they're doing the exclusive deals, which I think is a given. Yet We had to have an organisation that finally did that. I really like that. Um, obviously, you've got some really good fighters now coming out of that. Jack, uh, King Casey, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. They're all coming from Eternal now. And also, Eternal itself is on... Uh, Fight pass, yeah. right? So you, you've got eyes on there. Um, now that you sign with them, obviously you're still waiting for that first call-up, but are you looking at your division? Uh, have have you, and I always say, because I, I don't know if you're the type of person, I'm not saying like, is there anyone you want to call out, but like, yeah. uh, is there definitely, I, the way I like to put it is, not that it's a call-out, but is there a fight on that roster that excites you? Okay. That would make you go, this is a fight worth me getting up for. Any one of them, honestly. Like I say, I, I feel that the, the affiliate division's pretty stacked. You know, you've had like Diego Pereira drop down, you know, he's come back. I've tried to get that fight for like two years, you know, he just not responded. Um, you know, Dan Jones, you know, from Perth, that's actually you know, a fight that was talked about, but again, with the whole situation, it's not happening. You've got Rob Costa now making good uh, waves. Can Oakley, you know, you got the champ Jack Jenks. No, there's uh, Rodolfo Marquez. I know he's not really on a much of a streak, but he's still a good tough fight. Anyone, just give me them all. Like literally, if there's anyone, any fellow out there that's gonna be willing to step up and fight, fight. Because again, if I'm not beating these guys locally, how am I expected to beat the guys in the world stage? So like, and it's not like I don't see anybody in Australia that offers that same. Uh, challenge to be honest no yes they're good fights and they're people who take me to deep waters but I know me on my day I'll beat any one of them and the way I am now my whole new style the way like the things that I've improved I know like I'm going to go back to hurting people like you know I was known for grappling submitting people out you know taking them down grounding pound being covered in people's blood I know it sounds vicious but that's you know that was my thing I used to get in get them down and then 
I lost my way with grappling because my striking had improved so much and it was easier. It was easier to keep feet, people on the feet and keep them at distance, picking them off. And I lost my grappling ways. And then now like, I feel like I've done a full 360. Like I say, when I had my knee injury, like everything came back to me. Like, I was like, I feel like I've, I've just reset myself and this is my second chance. So, no, literally any featherweight in Australia, they like, give me them all. I've named a few there. Um, if there's anyone... No, anyone at all, just step up. I don't even care anymore. Just step up and fight. And and what's the card that you'd like to? Obviously, um, the 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 Perth card's gone now. They've yeah. they've cancelled that. I, I think they're still going ahead with uh, Gold Coast next month. Is it next month? March, this March nineteenth. March. Yeah. Do you do you see yourself potentially getting a call up for that, or well, are well, you thinking a later date? No, well, we were talking about it. You know, I mean, but time has gone on, and no, yeah, yes, I mean, still taking over and trying to. Pre- uh, prepare for it, but at the same time, no, until I get a name, it is hard. No, like I don't. I, again, like I've done so much training and all this work in the past. Where no, the last couple of years, it's been getting set back. Covid, this. No, the first time I had four fights cancelled on me, um, and then I had my knee surgery, and then no, I'm, I'm hurting my neck last week, and um, it's only muscle like, but it's just starting to think to myself like, what? No, is it even worth it? Like. I'm gonna put myself through all this, and then not gonna get any fights. Like, what, what, what's, what's, the, what is it even worth anymore? So, no, I can be, I can be good to go in six weeks if um they can match me. But at the same time, I need to know, and I, I think it's genuinely down to not having anyone that's willing to fight. And are you the type of person to to take a last minute fight, or no? You 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 I need was, you you I need was, a, a certain amount of time. That's the reason why I'm still sitting where I'm sitting. To be honest, man, like taking these fights when I'm not. Uh, ready look i've never took a fight against anyone that i couldn't beat there's never been anyone that's been out of my league it's literally been down to bad preparation or, or lack of discipline though in between fights and that's no that's uh, that's what it is and it's hard pill to, hard pill to swallow to know that i'm the cause of it but no now that i realize that it's like no if i'm not ready and perform i'm not i'm not going to fight anymore it's, again it's to be taking them right fights at the right time true that True that. Well, look, man, we, we will start to wrap it up. Um, yeah. Before we go, though, I'll ask uh, about the foundation that you're wearing on your shirt. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're sitting uh, in front of it also, but uh, yeah, what, what's the deal with that? Yeah, so I just got a brand new sponsor there from Australia Health Professionals. Um, it's actually a guy from England that I know, Simon. Um, we've just been talking back and forth. We met a few times, and then he uh, he seen how my career was going and we had a chat and sit down and he's became you no know, my main sponsor now he's gonna help me get prepared for fights and you know, all and you no know, it's just nice to have that that background and support you no know, they did a lot for the australian community and the health professionals you know, a lot of mental health work as well which is big for where i'm from and um, you know, i come from a place that's you know, pretty pretty run down negative mentally health uh, mental health wise so no, it's good. We're going to team up and put our heads together and see where we can we can go from there and how we can bring you know, the martial arts and sports world into helping those that are struggling. You know, maybe people that's recovering from an illness or whatever. You know, there's many many avenues we can go through through Simon and his team. Um, but yeah, also on sports there they they're a company in Bali who like they always send me over stuff. You no. Know, which is helpful for training and they've got a big nice big backpack for when I go on hikes and that and Champ Mouthguards is another sponsor that you're wearing there. They're, they actually do my my mouthguards. So 
one more I would like to mention is Humble Fightwear, a jiu-jitsu company from Perth, funny enough. Um, they've jumped on board and they've been sending me some wear to wear in like jiu-jitsu tournaments and for training gear and that too, so... Nice and 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 just so people know, and I guess even potential sponsors know, like how how vital are sponsors to like say an athlete like yourself? Oh, it's so important. Like I don't think like the sponsors realize how much it actually means to have that support, but also how much help it is too. Like I say, whether it's financially, whether it's supplements, no clothing, training gear. No, it helps every way because like no, when you are on the when you are trying to make it a fighter, like. No, it's hard that they have a full time job and make a full living and still have no a career too. So like, yes, I do work hard. I do coach and train a lot, which is but I also have to have some hours in the day to rest and try and train and recover to make sport too. So no, any any help at all is no very appreciated. And no, without the sponsors, a lot of fighters probably still wouldn't even get the fight or be able to put the work in that they do. Sorry, sorry, one more. I like the yep. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sydney Sports Recover. There, um, a new sponsor came on board. They're helping with my recovery, which is very, very important. No, like I say, I don't sleep great, which is isn't as good. But with the recovery, no, the compression legs, the massage, the infrared sauna, the ice baths, and hot jacuzzis. No, I've started doing them, and automatically I do feel a massive difference in my in my body. And the recovery, which is again is so important because it means I get to perform in training. And how, like, uh, when you're talking about recovery as well, are you a believer? I mean, uh, in in like the CBD oils and stuff like that. Do you do that kind of stuff, or that's that's not your thing? I've had them, and to be fair, like, I've had them for years on and off, on and off, and sometimes they've worked for a little bit, and then they haven't. I've never, I've never seen one that can it stays consistent. No, after like a week or two, even with the sleep, no, I help, and then it just goes, and it's just like, you know, like, and it just comes. You just forget you take it and that, and, you know, and then just disappears. You know what I mean? You're just looking up, and you've got like all these bottles full, and they're out of date. And so I'm not, I'm not big too, too sold on the the CBD oils that, you no, know, maybe work for a week or two. But and then I also know people that use them, and like, it helps them. And they need it. No, without it, their their bodies doesn't recover. They and but they take it and they they recover and they sleep well. So, see for me, the the sleep is major. Like, yeah. um, and and I guess with sleep comes recovery, right? Because that's when yeah. your body. But like, uh, that's where I really notice. Like, like I've I've been taking it for a while and and and, and stuff like that. And and I notice a how quickly I get to sleep, mm-hmm. and I find that I get into deeper sleep. Yeah. That that's the two things that I've noticed, and that's consistent for me. Um. Once again, like other people have different experiences. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I find that, you know, if I'm lying restless or whatever and, and I take some, usually it'll take me 10, 15 minutes and I'm, it's like, it's yeah, lights out, like I'm done. The thing is, see, if I'm on a sofa, like I'm on a couch watching TV, gone, 10 minutes, gone. As soon as I go into bed, I can't sleep. Or if I do get to sleep, I wake up like two hours. And like, I just, for me, I think, I honestly do believe it's the, it's, not knowing but and not being able to fight are you an overthinker yeah i would think i would get because the uh, the only reason i say that is i i have the same i I fall asleep in front of the tv quite easily and like even and now i usually get my my trusty little phone and i'll put a youtube video on um and i'll put it next to my pillow not to watch it but to listen because it takes my mind off and then 
I have yeah. no problem sleeping. I find the same thing. If I turn everything off and I'm laying in bed in dead silence, yeah, my, mi- my mind yeah. starts thinking, right? And, and, and it's usually then, then the same thing, exactly that. Like an hour later, I'm still lying there going, why am I not asleep? And, and that's why I asked, do you think a lot? Yeah. Because that's yeah, kind of an you, issue. Yeah, even, but even if I do get to sleep, a staying asleep is the hard thing for me. Like it's just, I don't know what it is. I, I think, honestly, deep down in my head that it's because I, have, I lost that last fight and you know, that's coming off a loss and I need to know where I'm at right now. Because I, th- I think I'm like, where, like, I'm not thinking, I know I'm a better fighter. I know I'm more focused than I've ever been. Like, I know I've changed everything. So now it's just about doing it where it matters. And that's that's where I'm at right now. It's just getting that chance to go and do it where it matters. You know, and time's not slowing down either. It's going, like you say, we're in February already. And, you know, it's, it's flying past. Um, you know, before the end, before no, it'd be the end of the year again. And no, I don't want another year out of no fights or maybe one or two. I want at least three fights this year. I want to, you know, end the year either with the title or number one. Um, and then once I get that Fillerade title, my plan is to, you know, try and go back down to Bantam and get that Bantam title and then go off to the, the UFC or the big leagues. So, have to ask UFC yeah. the end goal. Yeah. Would, would, yeah. You, would you be happy to go to Bellator or, or one as well? Or is it UFC? Like, whoever's going to, like, let me fight and and give me a career I'm happy with. I don't want to just be signed to be a number. You know what I mean? And like I say, the, the money is, yes, I do obviously want to be able to just do the full-time fighting and to do that, you need paid well and stuff. But that's up to me to perform and make sure I get that when I go in there. But for now, like, no, it's, it's when I do, like if the UFC came and says, oh, look, there's a six-fight deal, that's it, just six fights, nothing else. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't jump at it. I'd be like, all right, well, How's this gonna work? It's whenever you feel like it, or no, like I, I want to be guaranteed at least three fights a year. No, and if they can't do that, and you've got like even something else come in, they can go, can do that, and they're offering money I can live off. Well, I'm gonna do that. I mean, yes, I want to be in the UFC because it's the uh, it's the premier. No, but it's not the the be all and end all either. To be honest, mean to say there's other promotions on the rise. There's like other promotions even paying better. No, I mean, sure. to be honest with you, I love PFL. I love PFL, but they said they would sign Jack Paul, which is, I think, is very. No, I don't think if they do that, that'll just knock them down for me. Yeah, I mean, look, but that could also be a publicity thing. Yeah. I, I, the, the the thing I like about um, PFL is that it's a it's a level playing field. Yeah. You know, at the start yeah, of good. the season, that you could be a millionaire by the end by the end of the year come yeah. right like and and everyone it's it's everyone's in that same boat it doesn't matter if you're conor mcgregor it doesn't yeah. matter basically here's the prize money go yeah. for it well that's the same as oh, sorry that's the same as myself now i'm uh, i'm doing an mma novice league so basically it's for it's no headshots at all it's for novice level so it's not even amateur it's even less and um, we're going to be doing like it's basically like interclubs so we're going to different gym locations um, we're going to match them up so they get two fights on a day, no hair strikes, and for every win they get points, every lose it points, but even if you draw, you get points too. So And then at the last four at the end of the year, we've got it scheduled out for the year, and at the last four at the end of the year, they'll, they'll fight for like a, the state title. No, So this is this is something that we're, um, I've teamed up with a few guys from Amasa, um, and basically we're just trying to help the grassroots of MMA, to help them, help these these young guys gain some experience before walking in there on a crowd because when you walk out there in front of a crowd whether you've had 20 fights before that or not fights it's still intimidating so if you can get used to you know 
getting a little bit of competition before it definitely will help. No, it's still going to, you're still going to feel them nerves and energy because like, when the bright lights are on, it's, you're hearing that music and you're walking out. It's a lot different than walking on to a mat. No, it is. No, a mat's more like sparring, but you still got them nerves and jitters and competition experience, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build them up so like, they can get ready for like local shows or the IMAF tournaments and stuff. No, trying to get the, trying to get them, uh, uh, just trying to get them ready so they've got a better chance when they do do this. Take amateur to a higher level. No, and I was just about to mention the IMAF because obviously they just yeah. competed last week, yeah. um, and 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 they're kind of working with the grassroots as well. So, yeah. um, look, the the last question I'll ask you, and and we are definitely running over now, yeah. um, but it's only because obviously you're not originally from Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we spoke about you being on a student visa, and yeah. obviously the accent gives it away. Um, but you said you also fought in Japan, um, yeah. so. What countries have you fought in? And, and, and I guess just looking back on it, and, and you don't have to go into crazy details, yeah. but do you see any differences between different regions? Like, you know, when they talk about, um, I guess, the one championship crowd compared yeah. to, say, the UFC crowd, they're saying that, you know, at 1FC, they're, they're a lot more respectful yeah, and, and, and sure. even educated, uh, some people are left saying. So just... With yourself, personal experience, you've you fought in Australia, you fought in the UK. I'm assuming you fought in Ireland, yeah. um, Japan. You said like yeah. from Poland as well. At Poland, so what are some of the differences between the different regions? And is there one that kind of you know captured your imagination? Like, is there one that you really preferred? Yeah, you're not getting a better crowd than the Irish, and that, I'm not saying that because I'm hum- like I'm from there. But honestly, me like remember walking out in Belfast. Um, that's the city in the north of Ireland, that's where I'm from. And walking out and then like thousands, my whole time was there and like they were singing and chanting and it was like, they never experienced anything like it. Anytime I've fought in Dublin's the same. The crowds are, they're phenomenal. Like they get behind the fighters, they go mad, they go, they sing and shout the whole fight. The atmosphere is something else. Um, but when I was in Japan, that was one of the, no, I remember walking into the fight. I was so flat, like the energy was weird. It was just like, there was no, I don't know, no atmosphere, nothing. It was so quiet. You could hear a pin drop. I got in the cage and I remember walking from side to side and I was like, ah, trying to psych myself up. The time I turned around and walked back, it was flat again. I was like, fuck, here we go. This is going to be, this is going to be not good. And it didn't. I just didn't feel the fight either. You know? um, Australia, it was good. No, no, again, Australia, England and stuff, no, they're, they're good. They get behind fighters. It's very, very much the same culture. Japan was the only different culture. But I remember one time I went to Ghana in Africa. I went there like three weeks before I went here to corner my mate and teammate from England. And uh, that was one of the best, man. Like, we were, well, like, they're so far behind. Like, you know, like, they didn't, the guy was trying, he's doing a great job running the show, but like, weight categories and stuff. They didn't have, an, they didn't understand how it all worked. And the cage, you know, it was like, it was never passing any health inspection if there was anyone doing it it was like i was scared in case it fell apart but like see the energy in the crowd there mate wow there was like all supporters with drums and going crazy and like when the fighters walking out the whole everybody's walking out with them singing and shouting it was crazy like it was it was good but definitely uh poland very similar to probably the rest in australia and england uk whatever knows pretty much the same culture like I say, the Asian culture is a lot more chilled. 
the Africans a wee bit more lively. And then you've just got like the Irish, who's just like on their fold like a football team. Nice, nice. Well, that's 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 about it. Um, before I get you out of here, um, I didn't do it last week, um, but I want to bring it back because I always like getting fighters' opinions. Um, so I'm going to get a couple of fight picks from you. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I assume that you, you follow fights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so um, obviously this, uh, I believe it's this weekend. We've got um, uh, the main event is Hermanson versus Strickland. Okay, yeah. Um, nice. No, what? I actually didn't even know that was this weekend, bro. To be fair, I believe it was because I, 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 and 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 the only reason I think it is is because last weekend I was surprised there was no fights. Yeah. And I was like, hang on a sec, when's the fight? And I think that was the next one on the calendar. So, don't quote me on it, but I believe yeah. it's this weekend. How do you see that fight, and who do you like? <laughs> Strickland's like, I like him, but at the same time, he annoys me too. Like, but he's funny. He is funny. Um, you know. He's, he's good as well. He's tough. Uh, Hermanson is a tough grappler, but I think Strickland will get in his head and be able to keep him at distance, and I think Strickland will take that one. Nice. Um, then we're obviously going to... I always like to get the Australian fights. We're soon, coming up soon, we've got the uh, the rematch with Robert yeah. Whitaker and, and, and Izzy Stylebender. Um, who do you like in that fight? And... and you know, do you think it's going to be a different fight from the last one we we saw? It's hard to tell. Like, you no, know, Izzy's striking is unbelievable. You know, he's a league above everyone. Um, no, I do think Robert got caught up in the whole hype thing, trying to prove himself last time. Going into that fight, I actually had Robert. I was favouring Robert to you know grind him, make it messy, and try and take him down. And I think if he can do that, he could he could get a decision win over him. You no, know, like. Edisanya's getting better and better grapple-wise throughout, definitely. But, you know, I do think maybe Izzy will still keep it. I, I don't know. I, to be honest, it depends what Robert turns up. I think if he turns up and fights smarts and tries and grind them out, I think he could grind them out of decision. Um, but if, it's goal, if he can't get close and can't get him down, I just see Izzy pinging him off again. And, and just on that, it looks like uh, Robert's just... Uh Leaving for okay. Houston today, like literally yeah. just popped up on my uh, Instagram feed, yeah. which is kind of funny. Um, what about uh, Ty Tuivasa versus uh, the Black Beast, yeah. oh, Derek Lewis? Right. Yes, that's right. Oh man, that's a sick fight. No, it's a big fight for Bam Bam, of course. Um, no, I'm, I would love to see him do it as well. No, after they get a bit of a rough start to his career, no, he's really pulled it in and. and turning it around he's very funny and entertaining no, I think he's good for Australian MMA as well but no like the Derek Lewis is a different beast when he hits um, no, and to be fair he's pretty funny and entertaining yeah, too yeah. right no, I mean they're two funny guys no, I mean they're two big they just love a crack they're just two big guys that love a crack um, but they're two boys that crack very hard so no literally it's just whoever lands cleaner I think maybe the experience might edge with Derek Lewis, he might age Bam Bam, um, but at the same time, this could be Bam Bam's rise to the top because you know, he's, he's doing amazing. That was a good win for him his last fight. You know, it was a good step-up challenge, and he dominated, smashed him. So, and he seems to be getting a, a better style around now. I know he's, he's coming a more technical fighter. And I'd like, to see him, I'd like to see him do it, but I think like, you know, my heart's saying Bam Bam, but my head's saying like, you know, Derek will age it with the experience. And um, 
I guess the last one, because you, you said uh, Josh hasn't got a, a, a fight lined up at the moment, so he well, hasn't got one announced. Well, he right? was meant to, and then no, he got ill and stuff, so he got moved back. So, but might maybe an interesting fight. I can't say anything yet, but if the next one happens, it's a very interesting fight, and no, it's it's a big one for him. Okay, so we'll stay tuned. Yeah. So I guess the last one is um, Turner versus Malaki. The uh, the hooligan oh, is yeah. is is going yeah, across again. Yeah, my bro. Um, no, Jimmy's one of my, my guys here Like uh, Whenever we can We train together It's just a bit far and stuff And now he's down in Wollongong Doing camp and stuff So it's even harder But No like Jimmy's Again he's another one That started a wee bit rough But like Look at his first fight Against Brad Riddell Everybody thought he was going to get smoked And nearly put Brad out um, He was in it till the end The second fight I believe he got robbed as well No he, he Fucking Started slow And then dominated the, the fight and look at his last two, knocking both of them out. Two big long yeah, guys. Starched him. And the thing is, they're two big long guys. And Turner's Turner's no joke. Like he's one of the big prospects. But I think a lot of people are underestimating, underriding Jamie. And you no, know, Jamie's so he's got that dog in him. Like whenever I spar Jamie, I'm like, oh fuck, here we go, because you know that he's coming at you. Like and, and that left hook that he lands, like I've been my bells have been wrong with that a lot. Like he just knows how to land it. Um, but now he's finding the confidence with it, and now he, the ball is rolling now. And I was chatting to him. Was that this morning or last night? I was chatting to him. No, and like he's feeling, he's feeling really good and strong. And no, I really, I really think that he can surprise a lot of people in this next fight. But saying that, no Turner's no joke. Like this is a massive step up, but it's where he needs to be to prove that no, he, he deserves to be in there. Mate, and I couldn't believe his last fight as well. Um, you know, he was the, uh, I, uh, for people that know me, they know I like to bet underdogs. So, like, money was on Jamie. I couldn't yeah, believe he was an underdog because he, uh, uh, as you said, like, he knocked, uh, he, he got the knockout the fight before. I'm and sure. then he was like a big underdog too. It was like. Where did they beat that guy as well, didn't they? Yeah. And it was like, and like, don't get me wrong, like, you know, uh, underdog or not, but I just would have thought it would have been closer to a pick and fight yeah, at least. And it was like, I was yeah. looking at the odds and I'm like, that's a cheeky bet right yeah. there. Like, yeah, <laughs> and then down. he came out and starched him as well. I was like, mate, I, I just couldn't believe it. Like, I was like, what, what are they even thinking? But look, I mean, that that's pretty much it. I mean, we could go on and on, I guess, and, and find other fighters, but we'll keep we'll keep it local. Um, sure, yeah. um, but, mate, I, you know, uh, thank you for coming along. And um, I guess for people that want to uh, follow you and your journey, um, you know, and, and look for fight announcements and things like that, What's kind of the best way for them to, to keep yeah, in touch? so on my Instagram, you know, Alan Philpot 92 or my um, Facebook, just type in Alan Philpot. I've got a fight page also, Alan the Apprentice Philpot. It's an old one that's connected to my Instagram, but mostly if you go on my Instagram, you'll find it on the red. So I've linked them all up together. So whatever's on one, you'll get on the other. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much. Um, we, we have run out of time um i definitely want to get you back on because we haven't even touched on your previous football career in another life um so there was de de definitely uh, some other things that i wanted to have a chat to you about um but look I, I do appreciate the time um i'm hoping we see you fight soon and i'm hoping you get your three fights this year you know um as they say, time is money, and 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 the thing is, is like we we live in this period right now where I I just find it so difficult that we're we're seeing like literally these years slip us past, and they're years that we'll never get back, and 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 that is a little bit of a problem. But I wish you the best of luck. I I I yeah. As I said, thank you so much, and um, 
I look forward to talking to you in the near future. But until then, that is it. I'm away. I'm away.